When you're out camping, the last thing you want is to be woken up by wildlife. But when we visited Olympic National Park, something wild made it into our trailer. You're listening to Travel FOMO, a podcast for people self-diagnosed with Wanderlust. Welcome to the Travel FOMO podcast. We're in the middle of season nine, telling you all about our time camping out in the wild uh, with in our RV with our dog, Maggie. Uh, we're just making it back from the holidays. So we took a little break over the holidays and Happy we're coming back. Happy New Year. Hillary was gifted sickness for Christmas. Yes. I sound a little different than normal. <laughs> <laughs> So just uh, so that everyone knows, she uh, did not pick up a two-pack-a-day habit. Uh, it's just a little uh, sniffles and snuffles that she's going through right now. So uh, she's going to sound a little a little gravelly for this yeah, one. Yeah, a little froggy. Oh, my gosh. It sounds even worse when I'm in a microphone. I'm like, oh, no, this sounds way worse than I thought. But that's okay. <laughs> Hope everyone had happy holidays. We got to spend time with family. It was so nice to really refresh. It's not a really refreshing time of year for you, though. Your work is a little different. You had to work hardcore. Yes. Yeah. I'm project management where a lot of stuff goes live on January the 1st. So a lot of work going on, uh, but it's all good. Holidays were good and New Year, uh, same me because we weren't the problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So Olympic National Park. Oh, my gosh. That's that is definitely where the outdoors came in yes and what we mean by that is mice mice infested our airstream and in this episode we're going to tell you about how it went down because it was super dramatic and from my memory oh my gosh it was like it was intense um our dog maggie like flipped out over it Mm -hmm. she hated the idea that somebody is in there in the rv with us um there were sleepless nights by all now you had worried a lot about bears Mm-hmm. and bears coming in to our trailer and robbing us or whatever it was you were worried about. Were you at any point worried about mice? You know, I really wasn't. I really wasn't. I don't think. Until here. Until we heard them, but we will get into that shortly. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about Olympic National Park? It's such a yeah, cool park. It is really cool. Um it is in the very, like, the very tippity top of the country. So the far northwest, uh, really as far northwest as you can go in America. Um, it's nearly a million acres. Um, and it's really cool. I, I think if it were more conveniently located, a lot of people would go to it. And you would hear tons about it. I mean, you you kind of hear about Olympic a lot anyway, because it, it is really close to Seattle. But... Not nearly as much as I think if it were more accessible, mm-hmm. everyone yeah. would just go on and on about it because it's so different. The park has like three different sort of ecosystems. So it has forests, um, there are rainforests that get like 12 feet of rain a year. Um, Solduck Falls is in there. It's one of the most photographed falls in, in all of the Northwest. So really beautiful rainforest that you can hike through. We'll talk a little bit about those. Uh, there's ocean. So there's 73 miles of coastline in Olympic National Park. So you get this exposure to to the ocean, which is not very common for what most people think of in a national park. Yeah. The stuff we saw there was really cool. We'll talk about that a little bit as well. And then you also have mountain ranges like 
Uh, Hurricane Ridge uh, is a place you can go in Olympic National Park. You see the Olympic Mountain Range, beautiful, huge mountains. And so it's just so diverse and so different uh, from from anything else. I thought that was really cool that you get to experience so much all in one one place. Yeah, yeah. Loved the the three diverse pieces of it too, like the forest, the ocean, the mountains. Gosh, love that. Love that. Yeah. And and then we found out it was a UNESCO World Heritage site too, which huh, surprise. Yeah. We love those. Yeah. Yeah, another and can't go wrong with UNESCO World Heritage. Yeah. Well, and one of the most talked about parts of the park that we kept hearing so much about was Ho Rainforest. Mm-hmm. And um, that is, it was kind of our first hike in the park, too. We did about five miles there. And it's, I mean, the rainforest, it's pretty easy miles, too. You're just kind of like walking over huge stumps of trees and yeah, beautiful scenery. It was nice and flat, especially having come from a lot of like, mountainous parks that we've been in prior where you're doing these big like kind of hard hikes Mm -hmm. a nice flat hike along this river really yeah um, was really really nice yeah yeah and i will say it was like a two-hour drive like we stayed as close as we could to the park Mm -hmm. and it was still like a two-hour drive to get into the ho national rainforest that was like oh my gosh um there i mean but it's a big park it's a really big park and really spread out uh, the different like kind of chunks of it. And so it does take a while to get there. Um, in fact, we ran across someone that was in a real hurry to get uh, to That's get to right. where we were going. On our way to hike the whole rainforest, um, we saw a car that had been flipped over. So we're driving in. It's really early in the morning. And we come up upon all these cars that are kind of stopped and in national parks if you see a bunch of people that are stopped they're usually taking pictures of like a bear or a big elk or yeah, something like that wildlife. right and i was in the national park mindset and so i was like oh i wonder kind of what it is and the, this train of cars sort of went around a bend right around a yeah. curve so i parked the truck and i got out And I was like, I'm just going to walk up here and see what it is. And this guy had flipped his car and it was some kind of fancy sports car. And you could see where he had been going and was probably driving way too fast, went off the road just a little bit and hit a stump and he hit it just right and it just flipped the car. Fortunately, he was fine. Everybody was fine. Um, And people were kind of gathered around and really like at that point, People were like, okay, everybody's good. He had called um, a tow truck, and I think someone else had, had called the police when they first came upon it because it looked really bad. I mean, yeah. the car's sitting there upside down. Yeah. And so we're kind of sitting in this line, and the guy actually comes up to us and is like, hey, do you have any chains or anything in your truck? Because we were the only ones like with a big truck. And I was like, ah, no, like what, what's up? And he was like, well, I was hoping that maybe we could get it flipped back over. And Before I was like, get there. I was like, sorry, buddy. Like, you're going to like, you're going to have to own this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not hoping you flip your car over. And, you know, I don't know if it was granddad's car and he didn't want like the cops to show up with the car upside down or what, but I had to, uh, 
had to disappoint him on that one. And we just continued on our way. That was wild. Like, because, I mean, you had to be going slow enough. I'm sure the the uh, speed limit was no more than 35 miles an hour. Right. So this idea that somebody could have flipped their car was really mind-blowing. Yeah. It just felt really off. The whole th- thing felt off. I think that's kind of what was going on, too, is he realized that, like, he's going to get in trouble for this because he clearly was doing something he shouldn't have been doing, driving yeah. way too fast. Yeah, that was uh, that was a no-go, not good. <laughs> but um, we got to hike the Hall of Mosses. Yeah. Um, it was a really popular trail there. Um, again, a really easy trail. And there were a lot of, like, a lot of kids on it, a lot of families on it. But really cool stuff that you can really kind of only see there as far as what we saw in North America, as far as all the ferns and the moss and the huge trees. And that led us to the Hope River Trail that Hillary talked about. Um, it's a really, really cool area. And you can do a ton of hiking there or you can do just a little bit, which was nice, too. Yeah. Um, there are cougars there, by the way. So oh, I was like, something else for Hillary up. to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. I was like a little worried, but we didn't see any. It was fine. It was fine. But the Hall of Mosses was really cool because it just looks creepy. Like, yeah. in fact, the whole thing felt like a movie. Mm-hmm. Like to me, it really felt like we were in Jurassic Park or like that scene in Star Wars with the little. What the, what are the little guys? Yeah, what are they? What are they? Yeah. Well, let's hear whatever name you make up for them. No, I don't know the name of them. <laughs> the little fur balls that like run around. Um, it felt like that. Um, and then what started coming to mind was Twilight. And lo and behold, fun fact, I looked it up and the Twilight series was actually filmed on the Olympic Peninsula. Um, it was actually in the town. Parts of it were even in the town of Forks, uh, which we did end up driving through. And it's it was really funny at the time. We didn't know that. But we did see like this vampire meter. <laughs> right. And like in case you're wondering, like the vampire danger level while we were there was very high. Very high. Another thing I was worried about, but <laughs> we made it out alive. Um, but I just thought that was really fun. And um, it kind of made me want to go back and watch the Twilight movies because like it's just beautiful. I mean, it yeah. really is beautiful. And I remember wondering, where did they film this? Because it was so pretty. Um, but yeah, Olympic. I will say that like Olympics stuck with me as a place like when you think back and like, well, it's your favorite. Like it always like pops into my mind just because of how how cool it was to see all that and just how beautiful it all is. Yeah. And, you know, not just the rainforest, but also like the ocean. Like we mentioned earlier, we went to Rialto Beach and it was like nothing that I'd ever seen before. And felt really special because it's this place where essentially the forest meets the ocean. And I had had never experienced that before. I don't even think I'd necessarily seen much footage or pictures of it before. But the forest is, is right there, these huge tall trees, and then this sort of like rocky beach into the ocean. And all of this driftwood, just tons and tons of driftwood that has like been beaten up and tossed around by the sea and tossed back up onto the beach. So you have like the water running into these rocks, into these dead trees that are just massive, massive piles of dead trees right into the forest. And you just see so much of the force of nature all in one spot. 
all this stuff, it makes you feel really sort of small. Yeah. And to me, I was like, wow, there's, we try so much to control life and we try so much to, to be like, I can manage it and I can, I can do what I want to do and make what I want to happen, happen. But then you see something like that and you're reminded like, there's so much that I just have no control over. Yeah. I can't do anything about. And that is like somehow freeing a little bit when you can recognize there's only so much I can do and I can control what I can control, but the rest, it's just going to be what it is. And I really felt that there. And I think that's really kind of one of the magical things about nature and national parks is you do confront yourself with something that you've never seen before. That's really beautiful. And it sort of, sort of stirs up feelings in you and, and why people like it so much. And so I think if you haven't been and you haven't exerted yourself enough to like go to a place that's sort of untouched by man, you're really sort of missing out. And I think that's why people, that's why people do it. And I just really thought that Rialto beach was, was just crazy and blew my mind a little bit. Yeah. It was definitely one of my favorite spots in the park. I loved, like you, you mentioned the driftwood, but I just want to like, um, maybe put a megaphone to something that you said, like it's massive pieces of driftwood. Like we're talking like huge, huge trees that Mm -hmm. have been not torn apart into a bunch of little pieces. They are intact and they have been slammed back up onto this beach and they are massive. Nobody's moving them. They are massive. And that was just, and they're piled up like, like somebody just kind of like dropped a pile of toothpicks. It's crazy to think, you know, the force behind that, like you were saying. So just wanted to reiterate that. And, and like you said, everything was just so big. I remember us parking and we're like oh we'll just walk down the beach Mm -hmm. and we walked and we walked and we walked for a solid hour and still didn't get to the point that we thought we were going to get to it was mind-blowing how long and big the beach was and yeah it was um and also just like you've got like the seawater and like the a little bit of fog and it's just kind of Mm. got like this eeriness to it um but then also like a ton of contrast of colors which i totally wasn't expecting to see like white driftwood and green trees and a royal blue sky and it was just all like pops of color and you've got like fogginess out there too it was really um uh cool pictures yeah yeah Yeah, cool footage which you can see on youtube yeah if you go check out youtube you'll see that and there were little islands out there that you could see as well which kind of gave it a another like sort of mystical feel to it yeah like it, it was really cool yeah yeah there was also some dog friendly options which was nice for us because mm-hmm. we had our dog maggie with us yep. um so we were always looking for dog friendly opportunities um one of them was we did the spruce railroad trail and so that was um a good one it's really well paved it's perfect for somebody who might have their kids in a stroller or something like that or you've got your kids with a bike and you want to take them we really liked the spruce railroad trail um, Um, We actually met a dog owner along the way and she was like, oh, 
I love taking my dog to this little patch, this little area over here. Um, and she kind of pointed out a good little spot where we got to take Maggie to the water and um, let her, her dip her toes in the water, um, which is really fun. And then we also, the, the visitor center near Port Angeles, um, it has some little trails around it as well that are really good for um or they are options for if you've got your dog with you. So Yeah, they've, they've got a couple of little pet-friendly trails. And they're really like just like half-mile loops. Yeah. So really easy to do, be easy to do with kids. Mm-hmm. Like I think Ma- Maggie really liked getting to go do them. And they're just like little hills, not too tough. And really you kind of get to see a little bit of that, the ferns and stuff like that too. Yeah, yeah. Well, then we stayed near Port Angeles um, at Elwa's, El- Elwa RV Park. Am I saying that right, you think? Elwa? E-L-W-H-A. Um, it was really whimsical and woodsy. It was, like, really different, I have to say. Like, it was really different. And it was like we were pulling up into somebody's field that they'd kind of transformed into an RV park mm-hmm. is really what it was. And it was right by the Elwa River, which is kind of a big thing that they talk about a lot in the park. But um, I thought it was so interesting that they had all of these wooden chainsaw sculptures that they had built out of all of these tree stumps. And so it made it really kind of fun because you would walk around the park and you would see like, um, I don't know, you'd see a tree stump that had been, they turned it into a bunch of mushrooms or one was a bear and all these different things. Um, there was actually a ton of them but um i also loved that they had an herb and vegetable garden and it was growing in the middle of the rv park and guests were invited and encouraged to go into the garden and basically prune herbs if they wanted to or they could take some of the vegetables um it was like such a nice little perk um i remember like we'd had like a garden in dallas like and we lived like in 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 dallas proper and it was kind of hard to like you kind of had to use your whole lawn to like create a little garden but it was really nice and I like that kind of stuff like um, my mom's side of the family were really into gardens and stuff so just so you know if you give Hillary a sprig of fresh rosemary you can do no wrong you can do whatever you want and she'll love you and say that you're the best ever if you just like one sprig of fresh rosemary that's all fresh herb will just go so far there were do you remember there were also wild blackberries that were growing in the fence right beside our airstream yeah yeah. like it's kind of crazy there was like a bunch of like real realistic like you know um wild wild fruits and stuff um and that was all near port angeles which by the way if you're driving through port angeles which you probably are if you're going to olympic national park you really need to stop by frugal's drive through they have burgers and shakes that are worth it yeah really good really good stuff that night like i think it was our second night that we were there in olympic national park we had gone to bed and it was really nice. We had sat by the fire a little bit. We were worn out from hiking and doing all this stuff. And so we settle in for a nice little nap and wake up in the middle of the night to the sound of mice. Ugh. And I could I could hear them in the in our cabinet. I'm surprised and you heard them first. I'm really surprised. Yeah. I I woke up from the sound um you because we weren't in bear country anymore i think you had let yourself like fully fall asleep for the first time in a couple months yeah and maggie just dead asleep no help whatsoever and 
I could hear them and I sat up in bed and then you were like, what, what is it? What is it? What, what? And I was like, just quiet. Like, just be quiet for a second. And you're like, what, 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 what is it? What is it? Yeah. What is it? Yeah. You could hear them like in our pantry. So I was like, ah, I, I think we have mice. So we get up, it's the middle of the night, moving around a trailer is not the easiest thing ever. So you're kind of like stumbling through the trailer and <laughs> open up the pantries and find that like, oh yeah, they've been into like, they've been into some chips and like some crackers and stuff like that. And so, and into our trash under our sink. So then it's like, okay, bagging up all that stuff. The stuff that they hadn't gotten into, we either like we put in the microwave to try to lock away. We took the trash out, all this stuff, and we're like, okay, there's there's literally nothing for them to get into now. Hopefully, hopefully they'll be gone. In the back of my mind, I am thinking about you and your reaction to mice <laughs> and what I am facing if you are to see one of these if we don't handle this now <laughs> um so true because me and mice are not a good mix for sure and it's not because just because they're gross because they are gross but in college Okay, so my, myself and my first roommate, Jessica Flores, we had mice in our dorm room. And actually, everyone had mice in their dorm room, just to be clear. It, had, it was new dorms built out beside a field, really. And so um, all of the doors faced the outside, like literally outside. So mice were coming in. And also, I just don't think they had sealed it up really well. But all that to be said, we may have had some candy and some things in our dorm room that wasn't helping. <laughs> just going to say. But um, so everybody like girls, literally girls on the first floor were waking up with mice poop in their hair. Like it was like a thing. And we were all like, oh, my gosh, this is happening. And I was getting nervous, like hearing mice and stuff. And so it did this one night. It had been like I could hear a mouse going to town on some candy like that was on the floor. And I was just like, mm, oh, my gosh, it was making me so nervous. And I eventually literally like went into somebody else's room because I couldn't handle it. And then that morning I had been nervous all night long, couldn't sleep. And I come back to our room and I'm getting ready for class and I'm still a little on edge. And all of a sudden, it's been hours and hours of a nervous stomach. And all of a sudden, I see the mouse run across the room and I projectile vomit <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> I bet you guys didn't, weren't expecting that. But that's what happens whenever I see mice. I like literally just, it just everything leaves me. And I like, I literally got sick all over the room. I got, I went outside and was sick all over the sidewalk which I'm sure everyone really appreciated but um yeah so like me and mice we just I just mm, I just can't handle it I can't rest so the stakes were pretty high for me as you uh, just heard because yeah. I knew this story I knew like the uh, the predictable response um <laughs> that day we went and got uh, we got some Irish spring soap because I had read that they don't like the smell of it and so I had like cut up pieces of that and put it sort of everywhere in the trailer and which by the way do you feel like that helps now that we've been through this 
I don't know. I don't either. I don't think that it does anything. We also bought canisters to keep our food in so it would be sealed up. Uh, we replaced the the food that the mice had gotten into. We made sure to like not keep trash in the RV, so take out trash before we went to bed every night. And all of that, we were like, okay. I turned the microwave into like a cupboard, basically. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. it was like completely sealed off, which was a good call. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great place to keep like chips and bread and things yeah. like that. We're like, put those in the microwave to keep them safe. And I really kind of thought like, okay, we've done quite a bit. Maybe this, maybe this will work. There's nothing for them to have. Yeah. Maybe they'll be gone. So we go to bed the next night. Again, we've hiked. We're, we've like sat by the campfire. Everything's been great. And no, they're not gone. They're back. And this time it was before we fell asleep. Maggie could hear them. She was going crazy. Yeah. Uh, I think she could probably smell them at that point. Uh, she could hear them over the sound of like Netflix playing. She starts freaking out. We turn off Netflix and realize like, Oh, they're back again. Like they're all over the place. And the thing about RVs is you have different areas, like different cabinets. So you've got your kitchen cabinets and then for us, like the pantry and then the sofa and all of these things have to have electricity to them. And so the wires are essentially run through tubes. Well, these tubes are basically just like super highways for mice to get from like one area of your RV to another one without having to come out in the open. And so that makes it even more difficult. And then you're just thinking, well, where else can they get? Can like, clearly they can get to under the bed. Can they get on the bed? And how did they get get in? Yeah. That's what we were really struggling with. Right. Like we're like, how are they getting access at all? And is this going to be the rest of our life? Just, (laughs) hanging out with with mice and at that point it was time for us to leave we were headed to another place and so we're like well maybe hopefully they don't live here right hopefully they're not like coming with us and staying with us yeah yeah forever tbd guys yeah you have to tune in next week to find out where do we go next next we head to portland oregon uh we're going to ainsworth state park That's right yeah oh yeah you guys tune in because uh the the, the story doesn't end here yeah a lot of controversy at ainsworth state park there's a lot of things that went wrong there oh my gosh that's such a good one i'm not i won't say but <laughs> It's hilarious. It's great. It's so great. Oh, my gosh. Um, Okay, so that's the next episode. And there's also some really gorgeous waterfalls along Ainsworth State Park. So it's like if you're going to Portland, you should definitely just drive outside the city and see them um, spend a day out there. Yeah, it was really great. And that that park, that state park was a really nice state park. Yeah, really small, but really great. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, for sure. So what Um, what were your like kind of overall thoughts of Olympic? Well, I think I like seaside national parks. You do, too, Mm because you really like um, not just Olympic, but also Acadia is one of your favorites. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that it's neat whenever you can be in a national park and also be enjoying 
and it be enjoying the ocean really um so i love the variety um i will say trees dominate there yes like yeah. there's so much vegetation and i think that's really cool it's appealing it's beautiful yeah yeah i i agree i think everyone should see it at least once um it is like really far up there like kind of hard to get to but if you have the time and can make it up there, like it is just something else, something otherworldly that you just don't get a chance to see very often. And I definitely recommend going at least once to see Olympic. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, you guys, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. We're out there. There is a uh, fun video that Jamin has put together on this specifically on Olympic National Park. So you can see some of the things that we're talking about. And there is a lot of cool, like we were saying, there's like three different ecosystems to look at. Like it's really pretty. It's really something special. Yeah, yeah. Um, so take a look out there on the YouTube video. And um, if you've maybe you've been to Olympic Olympic and you've got some stories of your own, maybe we missed something and you want to make sure other people know about it, drop us a line. We've got a, um, what's it called? It's called an email account. An email address. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I'm very sick, guys. I can hardly think. Um, you can email us at travelfomo at gmail, travelfomopodcast at gmail.com and um, tell us what you know about Olympic National Park so we can share with others. Tell us some crazy story that you had or better yet. I would love it if one of you out there has a story about getting mice in your RV. I've got to hear that story. And please, so please share it with us so we can share it with everybody else because, I mean, that's wild. Like, it's it's crazy because you're in such tight quarters and you know that this living being is, like, right there, possibly near your head. Ugh. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, you'll definitely want to stay tuned. So make sure that you are subscribed for wherever you watch and listen to find out um, about the mice and everything else that goes down. And if you could uh, go out there and rate and review, yeah. uh, if you could leave us a five star rating and write a little review of what you thought of the podcast, it helps other people find us and uh, we would really appreciate it as well. That's right. Okay, guys, life is short. Wonder well. Thank you.